Can I tell you a really weird, like, uh, I guess an epiphany I had while uh, riding my bike recently? If you can't tell me here, I don't know where you can. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so I was riding my bike. Yeah. Uh, somewhere in the rural area east of Austin. Mm-hmm. And I passed this house, this big house with a giant porch and pillars in the Would front. Would you call it a McMansion? I would call it a plantation-looking oh, house. Oh, that's that's worse. Yeah, so not no, definitely not a McMansion. Okay, but uh, I passed it and was like, "Wow, that looks like a like a southern plantation." And then my brain went, "Oh my god, that might be a plantation." It might be. Like that is certainly a possibility. And that was when I my brain actually realized, like, I'm living in the south. People own slaves on this land I live in yes. now. Like, I don't know if that actually was a plantation because mm-hmm. I'd kind of be surprised if there was something that old just in a boring place. There's old stuff everywhere. Um, but even if it wasn't, the, like, the, the realization was that it could be. Yeah. And like, this caused me to do research. Like, there was just tons of slave owning. On yeah. plantations in this area. Yeah. It's I, Texas. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Like, I guess I knew, yeah. I knew that. Yeah. But I, it, you know, it was an epiphany. It was something Absolutely. that I, I never thought yeah. about before. That's so weird to me. Living on, like, living on land mm-hmm. where there were slaves working yeah. and being owned. That's bizarre. I don't it know how crazy. to make that make sense in my brain. Here's something weirder. Um... Texas school. So you did you grow up in in Massachusetts? Yes. Yeah. So you went to Massachusetts school. Did you get Massachusetts history in some years? Did um, they have like a focus on that? No, there was never a focus on Massachusetts history. I think the only place that does that is Texas. Okay. Well, uh, I know other states have done it because I've okay. talked to other people. I don't remember which ones, but there was always like at least one year where there's like let's talk about our history as a state. Massachusetts history kind of is American history because yeah, you do the American Revolution and, and stuff. It's like it's all here, right? And it's like <laughs> go look over there. There's yeah, where like, stuff is. You've all been to Lexington. <laughs> That's where it started. Yeah, like, that so, kind of thing. That sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, so so Texas history is taught two different years in the Texas public school system. It's taught mm-hmm. in fourth grade and eighth grade. At least it was when I went to school. I also dropped out in sixth grade, so who knows? <laughs> but at the time. It was taught in fourth and eighth grade. Like that was a, an important year for learning about Texas history. Um, I managed to go through the Texas history stuff, at least in fourth grade, and didn't really ever think of Texas as a slave-owning state. Hmm. Like we managed to avoid mentioning Texas during the all of the talk of like the Civil War. Really? Yeah. It was like there was North and the South. Uh, but it wasn't like, and Texas was a part of the South, and we had a bunch of slaves, and like the the sort of history of slave owning, right? And there's actually a history of in the 20th century, early 20th century, Texas trying to disown itself from being a part of the South, hmm. from a historical perspective, of not wanting to own the fact that, yeah, we were a slave state, like a collective. Let's all pretend this didn't happen. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and it was so impactful that like. I don't remember specifically when I realized that Texas was a slave-owning state, but there was sort of a point where I'm like, well, I guess it was a state in the Civil War, Hmm. and we're in the South. (laughs) No. (laughs) 
That's scary. It is. It's terrifying. Uh, I guess on a smaller scale, like, it took me a long time before I realized that there was slave ownership in the North, too. Mm Mm-hmm. But it just ended way before it ended yeah. in the South, and it was at a much smaller scale and of different kinds and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like when they teach you the Civil War in the North, it's very binary. They don't mention like, oh yeah, like we aren't some like pure wonderful beings who were always ideologically perfect. Like no. <laughs> people up here owned slaves too for a while. Yeah, and then we were like, oh, let's stop doing that. Yeah, just a little bit before the South. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little early. Yeah, that was just such a weird epiphany to me. Because I guess growing up in the North, the Civil War and slavery was something that happened in America, Mm -hmm. but far away. Yeah. It was always another place. Yeah. And now it's not another place. Well, it's weird because that's also true of Texas. Like, growing up in Texas, I always felt like the Civil War is a thing that happened somewhere else. Right. Uh, Which is not true, but I certainly felt that way. And Texas was late to slavery, because it was late to America. Yeah, they owned slaves before they were a part of America. <laughs> but it, but when when Texas like I after I had this epiphany, yeah. I started doing some like history research and stuff. Big time slave ownership mm-hmm. happened after it became part of America. Okay, like slavery like really picked up yeah. when it came to America. Uh, my, my alma mater um, was founded on cotton. Yeah, stuff like that's weird. <laughs> like, and no, it was founded post-civil war but it's still like it tells you a lot about the area there was enough cotton money (laughs) yeah (laughs) like cotton balls are on the seal of texas tech really yes and there was a fight because people wanted to remove them that's like um is it georgetown the big university in dc i have no idea there was there's some been a big controversy i think this year Mm -hmm. i think it's georgetown georgetown was founded and and the campus largely built by slaves okay um and the uh like faculty and administration has been doing a lot of stuff to try to make people not realize that and minimize that recently Mm -hmm. and the student body is like trying to get the school to admit it and all that stuff so there's been this like this huge uproar about that lately but yeah yeah there's it's weird like your school isn't necessarily a bad institution Mm mm-hmm but it's got a bad part of its history. Yeah. Well, and so you may or may not have heard about the the statues on UT. Uh, so there's there's a number of statues on on UT campus of famous Texans and other people, uh-huh. um, many of whom were like generals in the Civil War. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a movement to remove a statue of one of those people, one of the bigger ones. I don't remember his name because I'm bad at Texas history because I dropped out in the sixth grade. (laughs) (laughs) And we didn't talk about the Civil War even when I wasn't. That's your excuse for everything. It is. It's a great excuse. Uh, And there was this whole big thing. Like, we want to remove this from campus. We don't want, you know, that as a symbol of whatever here. Uh, Which to me very felt, very felt, much felt in line with this sort of history of Texas trying to erase it's racist past yeah yeah there are kind of two sides to that like remove it because it's a symbol of badness or keep it yeah as a a reminder of the terrible things we've done yeah um there's something different about that than say like 
Stop flying the Confederate flag. Yeah, that's the example I was going to say. <laughs> it's not like the it's not like displaying the Confederate flag is like a super permanent, literally carved into stone fixture mm-hmm. set into the ground somewhere. Like you can just stop flying the Confederate flag. Yeah, but a statue is I don't know I don't know why, but there's something different about that. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I think I think there is value in walking past something like that every day with the knowledge that that's not very far removed from where we are now. Right. But what if, I guess the argument against, or the argument for having it removed would be, like, let's say you go to that school and you walk past it every day and you're black and your family is descended from Mm -hmm. former slaves. Yeah. Like, are you supposed to walk past that statue every day to get to class and be reminded that your family was former slaves? Like, yeah. is there value in that for them? Is, That's a good is question. The, I don't is know. The hurt of that yeah. worth not, you know, worth Maybe. removing it. Um, the again, the comparison to like the Confederate flag is there's a choice every day to raise the Confederate flag, and right. that flag today still stands for terrible things. Right. Whereas the statue doesn't necessarily. Right, whoever that dude is, people yeah. aren't like proclaiming him as a symbol of their heritage, current, modern, <laughs> existing white supremacy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a valid concern, and I don't I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer necessarily, um, but it's my concern is the removal of history. Yeah, you know, dropping things down the memory hole. Yeah, that is dangerous. And and as someone whose partner like writes history like that's what she does yeah i'm very aware of how we write history and the fact that how we write it matters quite a bit right because you have to write it to represent what actually happened for everybody instead of how you wanted it to have happened for white people yeah you have to share those stories that aren't shared that aren't told yeah that's why i'm glad to see there's a new uh the smithsonian opened the uh black history museum oh did they that's cool in dc yeah it's a new smithsonian museum awesome for black history i've i've never been to the smithsonian or dc uh which of course erupted in uh dumb white people on the internet saying well why isn't there a white history museum (laughs) it is it's called the smithsonian history museum (laughs) uh you've never you've never been to dc before no i'd like to have you been where in the u.s have you been (laughs) uh disney world okay (laughs) and disney world um, America's real capital. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't traveled a lot. Like I've been, I like when we traveled as, when I was a kid, we went on like road trips, uh, and they like to California and back. Yeah. Uh, so I went to like the Grand Canyon, Carlsbad Caverns, San Diego. Went to the San Diego Zoo. Went to Sea World in San Diego. That's like the best zoo in America, right? It is. It is. I don't remember it very well. I'm sure it was great. Um. Went to Disney. Went to the Disney Disney World. All right. Not Disneyland. Disney World. It's better. Never been to either. Yeah. Disney World's better. Okay. I kind of want to go back to Disney World. Like, every now and then I see a Disney World ad on TV or something. I'm like, I'd like to go to Disney World. <laughs> that could be fun. It's working. It is. It's working. Well, I mean, I would go to it with different eyes than I did when I was like 10. Yeah. Um, because now it's a performative wonderland. <laughs> 
Like you couldn't help but be a critic while there, right? Well, and and not necessarily in a negative sense, but like yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Uh, I mean, the, the the people playing the Disney characters are fascinating. Like they're amazing. Mm-hmm. The fact that everybody who works at Disney World is called a cast member—that's cool. Like that's like there's so much there I want to play with. You're very excited right now. <laughs> I am. <laughs> <laughs> and it's magical and fun. And you can, you know, go meet Mickey Mouse, and that's cool, too. Oh, I, pr- I probably wouldn't stand in line to meet Mickey Mouse. Yeah. I don't I don't appreciate what he stands for. What does Mickey Mouse stand for? Uh, Disney forever increasing copyright laws in America. Oh, yeah. Mickey Mouse is the, the thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what he symbolizes. Bringing it back to copyright laws. Good callback. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where else have I been? I've not been to New England. Okay. Anywhere. I've been to Ohio. Sure. I lived there for a while. Yep. Uh, that's not really like a place Ohio to people in Ohio (laughs) Uh, I don't know if you know this but uh, John Boehner his district encompassed the town I lived in when I was in Ohio oh yeah yeah so he was my representative he's the guy with the funny name yeah (laughs) Uh, also in the goofy orange tan before Trump yeah he was the original bad orange tan yeah um so you've been to Chicago. Done, I've been to Chicago. Road trips to California. Yeah. You've been... road, 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 road trip to Florida. You road trips to Florida. Yeah, we road tripped to Disney World. Okay. So you like like along the Gulf? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. There's some cool stops there. Uh, I've been to the NASA in Houston. I did that a couple times. I would like to do that. NASA was pretty cool. It's the only other place in Texas that interests me. <laughs> I slept under an Apollo capsule. Why? Why were you sleeping under it? Because I stayed there overnight. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that's where I got to put my sleeping bag. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, why were you in Chicago? Uh, so I've been to Chicago a couple times, actually. So the first time I uh, was in Terre Haute, Indiana, home of Rose Holman Institute of Technology, mm-hmm. uh, where I was doing a summer camp for nerds. Uh, which was, you know, it's a summer camp for nerds because it happens not at a camp, but at a university for nerds. <laughs> uh, and uh, Rose Holman is a, is a great university. Uh, I considered going there for my uh, undergrad back when I was going to be an engineer. And I did a summer five-week thing there where we made a uh, web-based version of Settlers of Catan was my major project that I worked on there. Uh, and we went to Chicago as like a day trip. So like the whole big camp got on a bus and went to Chicago and got up in the Sears Tower. Is that the one in Chicago? Yeah. Yeah. Chicago. Did the thing from uh, Abe Froman, Sausage King of Chicago. I'm bad at references tonight. What? <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where you, you know, you lean up against the window and look down on the Sears Tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Abe Froman, Sausage King of Chicago. <laughs> you mean to tell me you're Abe Froman, the Sausage King of Chicago? It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Uh, so I did that, and that's, that was my first time in Chicago. Uh, my second time in Chicago was in grad school when Eddie Izzard was playing there. Nice. Uh, and so myself and my uh, office mate slash colleague like we so you see the size of your your dining room table Mm -hmm. imagine an office as big as that like a room as big as that yeah okay uh that's very it's very small very small i shared that office with another person nice (laughs) 
And the person who I shared that with uh, was also a huge Eddie Izzard fan. And this was when he was doing his uh, big intimacy, intimacy tour. Okay. And was in Chicago, uh, which was on the opposite corner of Illinois from where we lived in Ohio. <laughs> and so we drove diagonally across Illinois to go to see him in Chicago. Nice. Uh, those were my two times to go. And when I was there, we ordered a deep dish pizza to our hotel room. As you do. Because we were in Chicago. As you do. Uh, where else have I been? I haven't been to the Pacific Northwest or anywhere in that region. You've been outside of the U.S.? A little bit. Uh, so I've been to, I spent a month in Prague in grad school. That's cool. It was. It was amazing. Did I not know that yet? Maybe you didn't. I maybe, don't think Maybe I did. it's a thing we can talk about. Uh, yeah, I spent, I, so it was, a, it was a study abroad, but not like a study abroad program where there was like classes and structures and things like that. Uh-huh. It was basically my thesis advisor and favorite professor saying, uh, we're going to Prague. Would you like to come? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And uh, Amy was there as well, and uh, another co- Korean student. And the four of us went to Prague for a month. Um, and he rented us an apartment basically for that month. And we stayed there and went and saw theater every single day in Prague. Uh, with a with a couple trips to places like uh, Poland. Uh, we went to Auschwitz one day. Um, Yikes. Yeah, certainly an an overwhelming experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like I was just walking around numb. I remember uh, Boston has a uh, significant Holocaust museum, mm-hmm. and even that, which is not yeah. a place where the Holocaust happens, yeah, uh, even that was like a incredibly like impacting like numbing experience but auschwitz would be uh, a little bit a little bit more than that yeah it was it was weird yeah i didn't in a good way (laughs) i didn't know that was close to prague it's it was not it's in poland well it's close enough yeah i guess if you're already we we took it we took a day trip to uh, to krakow that side of the world yeah Yeah. yeah, they're relatively close yeah we took a a sleeper train to krakow and then from there took a, a trip to auschwitz nice um, so I've done that. Um, I've gone to some port cities on cruises in South America or in Latin America. Okay. So like Cozumel, Lima. Uh, yeah, yeah, like in Central America? Yeah. Like those sorts of places. I've been through the Panama Canal on a cruise. I think that would be a fun thing to do. It was pretty cool. Not on a cruise because I don't – cruises don't appeal to me whatsoever. Oh, cruises are great. Uh, the whole – see, cruises, you – you probably like cruises for the same reason you're also the kind of person who likes Disney. Probably. Because you like cultivated and manufactured experiences. Yeah. And that just that just doesn't appeal to me whatsoever. Okay. Like I've ne- I've ne- so I've never been to Disney. Yeah. And uh, many people in my life have tried to get me to go to Disney. Mm-hmm. And I haven't like really resisted. Like yeah. I guess I'd go to Disney if it was like a thing that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I don't like. I'm not a person who grew up caring about Disney or yeah. its characters, so there's no appeal there for me. Mm-hmm. Like going and seeing Mickey Mouse or Goofy. Goofy's the cool one. Or Goofy or Buzz Lightyear. Like I like Toy Story and I like Pixar stuff, but I don't. There's nothing. I don't have like emotional attachments to Disney stuff. So being in Disney wouldn't like be yeah. that for me. And also the like oh but it's such a like wonderful magical experience and like mm-hmm. every, like people are just like but everything at disney's so nice and like 
Like it's run. It is. Like it's run so well. It I'm is. Like, Those okay. are all true things. Yeah, that's if that's true, that's cool. That doesn't make me want to be there. <laughs> like I don't want to go somewhere because it's run really well. It's called the Magical Kingdom. But I don't. I don't get it. There's Epcot, and the other two parks that exist there also. Yeah, I've been to Orlando. Yeah, I didn't go to Disney though. Orlando as a whole is not great. Orlando is bad. <laughs> I went. I went to Orlando. So sorry. I, I I don't know if you had a further list of places around the world you've Let been. Go your story. Okay. So real quick, places in America I've been. So I grew up in Massachusetts. So mm-hmm. I've been like all over New England. Yeah. Right. Because it's all right there. It's all right there. Yeah. It's not like Texas where you have to go like six hours to get to another state. Yeah. Um. I've spent a week in D.C. Okay. I spent a week in Montreal. Oh. Uh. I've been to Portland, Oregon. Was it like the show? I've also been to Portland, Maine, but it's... Nobody cares about that. Yeah. Portland, Maine is cool. Uh, Portland, she, Portland, Oregon is like Portlandia. Okay. Uh, Portland, Oregon hits you by how Portlandy it is. <laughs> um, you know how... You know how you, like, a lot of movies and stuff are, like, set in Boston? Yeah. And you're like, wow, like, Boston can't actually be like that. <laughs> and it's not. Okay. Uh, Portland is like Portlandia, though. <laughs> it's really intense. That's good. Uh, I've been to San Francisco in the Northern California area for a while. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I've never been anywhere in like the middle of the, of US? the country. Um, I think Chicago would be cool. I think some of the like areas around the Rocky Mountains would be cool. But... Oh, uh, when I went to Orlando... I was in college and it was like a, I don't like this term. It was a like a missions trip mm-hmm. with, I <clears throat> I was in a Campus Crusade for Christ group in college. You sound so sad. Because uh, Campus Crusade for Christ is, is now and maybe then it was a shitty organization okay. who does not like gay people as one of its primary flaws against it. Uh, but we went to Orlando uh, with a group from a church from Old Miss. Okay. And we spent some time helping poor people in the Orlando area. That's nice. Orlando's a bad city. Okay. Very bad. Good to know. Uh, and then I've been to Caracas, Venezuela when I was a child. Oh. Do you remember that? No. Okay. Uh, I remember my grandfather's dogs. And that they were... <laughs> they were so the important things. They were big and scary and barked a lot. Oh. <laughs> I was like three yeah i've been to colorado a couple times uh so i've done like ski trips that was another thing i guess colorado is not like a big deal if you live in texas like it's fairly close as far as places around the southwest go eh, it's as close as everything else right which is not like the idea of like <laughs> driving to colorado it's like 14 hours right like that idea you could be like halfway across the country like according to a new <laughs> englander's brain but that's I mean, not i've, I've I've flown there uh, for various things, but like all the ski trips were on a bus. Nice. Like you, you know, it was it was a church event, and you know the the youth group would hire a bus, and we'd ride on the bus and get into trouble in the back. And, you know, <laughs> standard church group stuff. <laughs> Nothing like the back of a bus. Uh, I hear it's worse for band kids. Not worse, but like worse for band kids. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was never a band kid. I wasn't either. No. 
back of the bus dealings for me were mostly uh, playing with my graphing calculator. <laughs> I had I had very limited experience in the back of the bus. Is that because you were homeschooled after the sixth grade? No. Oh, okay. No, I didn't. I had my first girlfriend while being homeschooled. Oh, interesting. Yeah, she was also homeschooled. Yeah. We met at the local theater. Not a not a punchline there. That's just uh, that's just how it happened. <laughs> sometimes sometimes real life is a punchline, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> I got um, to go back to that theater recently. It was very exciting. I still consider it my home theater. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do. Well, I, I grew up there. So. Are you involved in theater stuff here in Austin? Not really. No. I'd like to be more, but I am not. You just like do other things with your life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I go see the theater stuff here in Austin. I try and go see stuff pretty regularly. Yeah. Uh, the Vortex, usually I'll go see whatever they're putting on, which is over on uh, Manor in East Austin. Okay. It's also attached to the Butterfly Bar, which is how they pay their bills, <laughs> <laughs> which is brilliant. Yeah, I don't, I never understood how like performing arts made money. It doesn't. Right. Because you make money from other things. Yeah. I mean, there are, you know, like Broadway makes money, probably. But, but like, not really, right? Like, a, a little bit? Enough to keep it going. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, there's um, a lot of a lot of theaters are self-sufficient. A lot of them are based off grants. Like, that's a huge deal, being able to get grants. Right. Uh, for, you know, making continue, continuing to make art and making the world a better place through it. That would make me nervous if, like, the thing I did with my life relied on grants to be funded it's terribly nerve-wracking yeah like there are people who like go to college to learn how to better apply for grants so that they can fund their arts like that's what you get your degree in and stuff like business administration or like arts administration that's a real degree it's just learning how to write grants it's a big part of it oh boy yeah it's tough and it's not like uh the u.s is just throwing money at the arts it sounds like too much trouble let's just get rid of them like, I know you say these things without <laughs> meaning to hurt me. I mean, like, let's be honest. If uh, we're going to continue to pump out humans to enter a workforce to make money for corporations, <laughs> just math and science, right? Yep, that's that's the theory. But math and science exclusively for men. Yeah. We don't need any women in those STEM fields. It just hurts, Jesse. <laughs> like, even as a joke, it hurts. I'm sorry for saying the things. <laughs> oh, I don't believe them. I know. I know you don't. Yeah, mm. I, I don't do a lot in the theater right now. I would like to do more. Um, I'd like to get back into writing. That's something I haven't done a lot of recently. Yeah. Uh, and I have, a, like, a normal job and normal hours, so it seems like a thing I should be able to do now. I just haven't put in the effort to actually accomplish that. Yeah, like you could just go home from work and spend an hour or two each day. Yeah. Like doing that as a, another thing that you yeah. can do every day. Absolutely. Which is kind of how you have to do it. You have to make it that habit. You have to make it that thing you do every single day. Right. Uh, which I used to be able to do. I just, it's been so long that it's very difficult to get started again. <laughs> yeah, it's really easy, especially when you live with another person, to just like go home and just. Now you're home and mm -hmm. you don't you just don't do a thing. Yeah. Like you just live at home and you eat food and watch TV yep. and <laughs> it's a lot of it. Relax and yeah. Walk your cat. 
She's not allowed outside right now. She got in trouble. Uh-oh. What did she do? Well, so we let her outside a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly so Amy can continue writing because otherwise the cat will just, like, go crazy. Really? Yeah. She's that bad. Felicity is? Yeah. Yes, Felicity. Yeah. <laughs> not just, Amy. Amy, she's that bad. She has to write every single day <laughs> to finish this dissertation. Man, it sounds like Amy really has a problem with writing. She just does it so much. All the time. No, Felicity will like literally keep her from being able to work? Yeah. She'll sit on her. She'll bite her feet. She'll just, like, they've got an arrangement. You can't lock her in a room. She'll scratch. You can't lock a cat in a room. Come on. You can totally lock a Don't cat in that. a room. It's not nice. Not like a small room. It's not nice. Okay. Don't do that to your cat. So we let her outside, and she spends most of the day, like, sitting under the stairs. Um, and Amy goes to check on her throughout, you know, because we don't want her going, climbing a tree or doing other stuff. And so there's a new cat that lives across the courtyard from us <clears throat> and sits in its window, like cats do. Mm-hmm. And twice in the past couple weeks, Felicity has gotten protective or angry and like jumped up at the cat in the window across the way wow and we're like if that window's open she could go through the screen she could tear something out like there's things and so she did that on saturday and uh she was not allowed outside the rest of that day or yesterday oh. amy was home writing today so she's probably allowed outside but yeah it was one of those like look you don't she's in the doghouse so to speak <laughs> do do cats like learn from absolutely something like that? well i mean they can yeah like yeah. you think felicity will get the message oh cats are super trainable i feel like i understand that they're trainable i just feel like that they're more willing to consciously disobey training yeah like that's do- both of those are true <laughs> like dogs are trainable because dogs don't like have conscious thought <laughs> i feel like like you you train a dog and you train them in a way where like they can't help but yeah, behave I this thing correctly now. This is what i do now <laughs> right but like cats are like okay i get that you want me to do this oh yeah no, but she... i cats make a choice to yeah. do the thing you want them to do or so not. felicity very much knows what she is and is not allowed to do when she's outside uh and if we go outside and she's doing one of those things she's very quick to respond right uh, and play the I was always here game. <laughs> I was not upstairs. I was I was right here the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so you go outside and say Felicity, and she'll come down the stairs and go right back underneath where because she's not supposed to be upstairs because we can't see her or keep track of her up there. Right. Uh, and so she knows, but she does not always choose to do what is correct. That's why I like cats. It's <laughs> a good reason to like cats. I like their autonomy. Yeah. Yeah. You've had a toenail removed too? I've had, well, I've had a whole toenail removed once. I've had four ingrown toenails removed in my life where they would like cut off the side and uh, uh, cauterize it so it wouldn't happen again. It happened again. That's what they told me they were going to do until they looked at my toe and they were like, (laughs) no, no toenails coming off. No, we're just going to take the whole thing off. (laughs) Well, that was the last one I had was they're like, yeah, we're taking the whole thing off. And I'm like, oh, this will be interesting. And it was. Yeah. That's a weird feeling. It is. So the, the, the four other times I've had toenails removed, uh, they put me on like a hospital bed and put a little tent around my foot so I couldn't see anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I felt some pressure and some things happened. And they're like, okay, we're done. Bye. 
and they put a bandage on it uh-huh. and then soak it every day for a while. And I'm like, okay. And so I went to a podiatrist with another one, like many years later. Uh, this was in Austin. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, okay, well, we'll take the whole thing out. I'm like, oh, that's that's new. I've not seen it, heard that before. Yeah, it'll just grow back over time. I'm like, okay, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, okay, we're going to do it. I'm like, okay. And they're like, okay, here's a teddy bear. And I'm like, that's that's weird. Like anything to read? I'm like, well, I brought my Kindle with me, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna read that. I'm like, okay. And I start going to town on my foot, and just like in a chair, like it's a fancy like foot doctor chair. Yeah. And then I look up, and there comes my toenail. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a little bit terrifying. Uh, how do you normally handle things like blood and body? I'm mostly Thanks. okay with with them. Mm-hmm. I seem to think um, I'm not good with vomit. Vomit's bad. So, like, if you see someone vomit, that I I have a similar reflexive response. Yeah, yeah, same. Uh, blood, I'm not as bad with mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason. Um, how was your? Did that solve your problem? Your did your tunnel grow back normally? Uh, well, it, it grew back. Uh, it has not gotten ingrown since. I do a lot of maintenance on it to keep it as such. Yeah. Uh, I also have, like, serious... And this is super gross. I'm sorry, internet. <laughs> uh, I have pretty serious uh, toenail fungus on that toenail. Oh, yeah? Like, just on that toenail. All my other nails are fine. After um, it was removed? Or? No, I had it before, too. Oh, okay. Uh, and it came back. And they're like, you need to put this thing on every single day, twice a day, for six months. And I'm like, eh, I'm not. I'm not yeah. going to do that. Uh, but it, it's the kind that you see, like, ads for prescription medicine for. Yeah. Uh, or, like, take this pill every day for six years and your toenail fungus will go away. And, like, that's it's toenail fungus. It's not that big a deal. Like, it stinks to have, but. but it, I don't ever take an allergy pill every day. Is your quality of life, like, going no. down because of it? Um, but what it does is it builds up both on top and underneath the toenail. Okay. And so my toenail, like, a toenail should be flat. But mine is arced. Oh, yeah. Like I, could, I could show it to you if you want to see. That's okay. Okay. I mean, just look at my toes sometime. You'll see it. It's not super <laughs> impressive. Um, and so that causes it more likely to be an ingrown toenail. Right. And so I have to do a lot of, like, trimming and, and effort to keep it from becoming an ingrown toenail again. Yeah, yeah, On my other foot, which doesn't have the fungus or other big toe doesn't have it at all, uh, it's fine. Like, I clip my toenail and it's fine. Totally normal. Yeah. So those that one didn't ever come back or become an ingrown toenail again. After they did the cauterization. Wow. I've never met someone who's also had a toenail removed. Oh, really? Yeah. And all this time. Look at that. And here um, I was worrying one day we might run out of things to talk about. So. <laughs> <laughs> nope, well, not going to happen. Well, now we have. <laughs> um, uh, I can't watch that video anymore. Yeah? Uh, it makes you gross? Makes you, makes yeah, you feel sick? Yeah, it grosses me out. Um and I feel like the only reason I could watch it happen to me was mm-hmm. because I had a phone in between it yeah. and I was recording it. The The doctor and the nurse were very weirded out that I wanted to record it. But I was <laughs> like, this is an interesting thing that's happening. It is. Like, that's I would valid. like to have a video of this. Yeah. And so like, they wanted to like put that tent up. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, I'm going to record this. And they were like, you're going to what? <laughs> like, we don't want you to do that. And I was like, no, but I want to. And they were like, okay, I I guess. Yeah. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> um, I got an ingrown toenail. Uh, it was was it my left foot or right foot? In the video, it is your left foot. Yeah, it was my left foot. 
so it happened because I was, uh, there's a mountain in New Hampshire. It's a great transition. <laughs> there's a mountain in New Hampshire called Mount Monadnock. I feel like I've mentioned it before. Is this so, the one you pooped on? This is the one I pooped on. Okay. Uh, when I was in college, uh, my, my college was very close to Mount Monadnock. Mm-hmm. Next town over. Uh, so I went and hiked a couple times with friends. Yeah. And uh, this what this wasn't the time we did it in the middle of the night. No, this was during the day. Okay. So we were going down, mm-hmm. and there's a part on this path where it's very uh, runnable. Okay. Or so I thought. So you thought. Right. It's like you know, it's a downhill, but it's flat and it's an open path, and you could make it work. It's not climbing, but so we were running because it's fun to run really fast down a hill. Mm-hmm. And uh, this rock was just. Sticking up a little bit too high, like just a little bit too high enough where when I was like mid stride and my foot was rocketing forward on on my stride, uh, I just kicked that rock as hard as you could, as hard as you possibly can uh, while running. And I fell and shredded my clothes and was like cut and bruised really bad. But I... Like really, really bruised my toenail area on mm-hmm. that on just right on that toe. Yeah, um, because I was doing this in sandals, <laughs> not not flip flops, but like With sandals, like tevas. Yeah. Um, did you did we talk about the Tiva UGG hybrid? Is that a thing that we talked about? Yes. Okay, just making sure. That's all we need to say. <laughs> <laughs> um. But like super bad bruise and like limping and just my toe hurt really bad. Yeah. Like, uh, so after a couple of weeks, the nail, like the bruising went away, but the nail was just growing and grown. Yeah. And then I spent the next like two months just trying to deal with it. Cause I'm very much the, like, I don't want to go to the doctor person. Yeah, like I feel you. just the hassle of going to a doctor for a thing is too much. And I will just try to deal with things mm-hmm. on my own. So it was ingrown on one side and I tried to deal with it and kind of make it go away and like clip it and yeah. nothing worked. And then it got ingrown on the other side and then it was just super infected and then yeah. it was really swollen and, and painful. I bet it's super painful. Uh, there were times where I would, you know, you like bump your feet into things every once in yeah. a while. If I just lightly grazed my foot against something. I would <laughs> like fall to the ground in pain. Yeah. Ingrown yeah. toenails hurt a lot. They do. I've had five of them. Yeah. <laughs> And I only have two big toes. <laughs> uh, so it got, it got so bad, I was like, fine. Yeah. Like, finally pushed me over the threshold, and I went to the doctor, and they and they removed it. Um, but the feeling of getting a toenail removed is so weird, because they numb it up real yeah, good. Yeah, it's super numb. And the shots hurt a lot. Yeah. Um, but then they just take a little spudger thing, and they just... Rip f- it off. Jam it under your nail. <laughs> right? If you, if you watch the video, yeah. like, you watch them, like, it just goes... Like all the way in, all the way in under the nail, <laughs> and then they just like like voom, voom, like go left and right, yeah. and they just clear out all the they gunk. Just, they just clear the attachment of the skin to the nail oh, until yeah. your nail is just floating there, and then they put the thing under, and they put their thumb on top of the nail, and pull, and in the video, if you watch it, there's this great sound. <laughs> it just the nail just pops out, man, and they wouldn't let me keep it. They wouldn't? No, because it's a biohazard, yeah. I mean, I've kept things from surgeries before. They probably just thought I was super, like, weird and didn't... You were super weird. I did not keep my gallbladder when that got taken out. 
uh, I did keep my wisdom teeth when those came out. <gasps> that must be cool. I don't have them anymore. Aww. I gave them to my science teacher. She really wanted them. <laughs> so if, with any luck, they're still on the shelf somewhere in her classroom. That's nice. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, I've not had anything else removed. No, that's my only thing. I still have my appendix for now. We'll see how that goes. You never know. Yeah. Uh, I had a hole in my back f- fixed, and then that's a weird story. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> Just had a hole in your back. Well, no, I have a hole in my back. Oh, currently. Yeah, because of a different thing. So I had a cyst in my back. Oh, yeah. Called a hyalinidal cyst. That's a good word. No, hyalinidal. Mm. It's a P. Not that good of a word. Weird side story. Uh, Pylonidal with a P. For the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who, which was a few years ago, uh, I went to an improv show at the institution, one of our local improv theaters, Mm -hmm. where there was a uh, performance improv group that improvised classic episodes of Doctor Who from like the the 60s and 70s era sort of stuff. And they, you know, called him Professor and they were, you know, claimed to be on the BBD (laughs) Um, (laughs) and, you know, didn't officially call themselves like Doctor Who Improv, but like that's what they were. Uh, And it was funny, they had like multiple actors who regularly played the Doctor in their troupe. Uh Uh, So they had different like personalities, much like Doctor Who where he regenerates and has different people that play him. Mm -hmm. It was really cool. And they uh, they were doing a, a piece as part of their celebration of the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who before showing the episode. And I said, what do you name of an alien? And everyone was really quiet. And I was like, Pylonidal. <laughs> uh, which I thought was great. It's a good alien name. It was a good alien name, except they heard Hylonidal. Ah. Uh, and there was, and I didn't correct them because it's an improv show. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but there was a very funny bit in their episode that they were making up on the spot uh, where the professor was trying to teach his assistant how to say hyalinidal correctly. It's a high hyalinidal. Look at, no, look at my lips. Hyalinidal. <laughs> <laughs> and ever since then, I've always accidentally said hyalinidal cyst instead of pylonidal cyst, which is the one I actually had in my back that got removed with a laser. Nice. That sounds yeah. very cool. It was, except my stitches popped. <gasps> Uh, it didn't hurt when they popped, oh. but I then had a like hole in my back. Yeah, and you can't reclose something once the stitches have opened because there's a chance of infection. Yeah, and so like if you seal it shut and there's bacteria in there, you've caused really bad problems. Now you're gonna die. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so what you do is you just pack it with gauze until it heals. Oh, that takes a long time. It took a while, um, and it's like. Like just above my butt, so it's not something I could pack with guys very easily. So Amy did it for me. Oh, the things that yeah, that significant others do. Yeah, um, and and it healed mostly, but there's still about like a dime-sized hole in my back that's just scar tissue. Nice. Yeah. That's wow. But they didn't remove anything. I mean, they removed the cyst, but just the cyst. Yeah. You don't want to keep that. No. Well, I mean, it was really more of like a pocket by that point because it had filled up with ooze and they squeezed it really hard and all the ooze came out. Well, I squeezed it really hard 
It was oozing when you, I got to the doctor. You did that by yourself at home? No, oh. not on purpose. Oh. I I mean, it happened. You went to the doctor because it was oozing? I went to the doctor because I was in excruciating pain. Oh. Like, I couldn't, like, move my back. It affected you that much? Yeah. I still tried to work with it at the place. Yes. Uh, and, like, spent a shift in excruciating pain, like, leaning on tables. <laughs> Like, trying not to move my spine. Like, but also, like, half hunched over because that was the most comfortable position. Right. Usually when there's something causing pain in your back, there's one very specific, very yeah. unnatural position that And that was what work. I was in. I was in yeah. that, that very specific unnatural position and in lots of pain and finished out my shift. and was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go now. That's brutal. It was bad. Oh. I shouldn't have gone to work. No. No, you shouldn't have. Um, did you know that, uh, popping cysts and things of that nature is a, like, huge subculture on YouTube? Are you aware of this? I didn't need to be, no. <laughs> um, I, I kind of get, like, the fascination of it, because mm -hmm. there's certainly, like, like popping a zit is kind of fun. Yeah, like you have a zit. Like you, do you get satisfaction out of like yeah. a good zit pop? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I get that too. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to apologize for how gross this episode <laughs> is being. That's fair. But whatever, deal with it. Yeah, um, we're not showing you anything. We're audio only. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so like I yeah I understand yeah the how but it could be that's satisfying. my zit. That's my zit. <laughs> right. I don't want to. And I've seen it. I've like you. Yeah. Someone with like a big cyst on their back and someone with squeeze it with gloves takes a little thing and just like it lances it lances it and then it, you squeeze and then all this like white stuff comes out yeah. for 5 minutes. Yeah. And people love it. I've had I've had cysts like that. Yeah, people love watching that on YouTube. That, that cottage cheese sort of Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um but when I got my toenail removed, yeah. It took like six months for it to grow back. Yeah, that's like about I, right. I only wore yeah. a bandage on it for like a week. Yeah. And then afterwards, it's just healed skin yeah, that's on weird. the top of your toe without a nail, which is a really bizarre yeah. uh, look and feel. I will say it was it was holiday at the time, and I milked it for all it was worth. <laughs> uh, so I, I got to stand in one place for most of my shifts. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um yeah, I'm. Uh, I guess I'm glad I haven't had many other medical things. I had a real rough life. year. Uh, yeah. In terms of medical emergencies, was the cyst in the toe the same year? Yep, and the pilonidal cyst. Pilonidal cyst, the toe, and my gallbladder. Yeah, that was the other one. One year. Yeah. Dang. Amy was real tired of taking me to the hospital. <laughs> I feel like there was a fourth thing. I had a root canal. That was what it was. Ooh. Man. Yeah. Yeah, that is brutal. It's a rough year. So where do you want to travel? Uh, I'd like to go to Canada. I think I think Canada's cool. I've been to Montreal. It's a really yeah. nice city. Yeah. Uh, I want to go back to Prague, honestly. Like, I, that was such an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. um, I think I said this earlier, but like, I was there for a month, and we saw 30 performances in that month. What? Yeah. 
typically one a day, but off, but occasionally if we missed a day, we saw we ended up seeing about two or three in one day. Wow. Um, because there is an amazing amount of theater in Prague. That sounds overwhelming. It was. It was certainly overwhelming. Also, none of it was in English. Huh. Yeah. It was all in Czech. Still enjoyable. Some of it was in Latin, but was like the, op- <laughs> the opera we saw was in uh, Italian, Latin. I don't know what they sing opera as in. I don't know if they do it in Latin. Probably not Latin. Probably Italian yeah. or German. I saw La Boheme, which was really good. That sounds like a famous thing. Uh, do you know the musical Rent? I'm familiar. You know that it exists? I know that it exists. <laughs> uh, La Boheme is the opera that Rent was based on. Oh, nice. It's a it's a very famous opera. I've heard the name, yeah. Uh, and that was the, the first time I'd really seen opera. Uh, and I, I'd seen like filmed opera, mm-hmm. um, like filmed stage productions, and it was kind of like, eh. But actually seeing it live was a pretty amazing experience. Yeah, like, I bet. I, I was like, oh... I get why people like opera. Because <laughs> uh, that was always an area of, of the theater world that I was kind of meh on. Mm-hmm. But actually seeing it and hearing these people fill this amazing, like, huge room with their voices and like just... Just acoustically. Yeah. Right? Really powerful. Yeah, that that sounds interesting to me. I guess probably because like the skill levels involved in mm-hmm. opera are more obvious to a uninitiated person yeah they also a lot of operas now have subtitles technically they call them super titles they have a little lcd <laughs> screen that comes down from the top and it says what they're saying both in the italian and like a translation i wouldn't want that i feel like you can get not the nuances the opera, but like the yeah. basic gist of a story kind of, it was kind of neat without it yeah it depends on the opera yeah um but yeah, we saw a lot of theater. So we actually, our apartment I mentioned that we had was across the street from uh, Narodny Divardlo, which is the National Theater wow. of Prague, of, of the Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. And uh, so most of the stuff we saw was there. And they run a, a repertoire system where, unlike like a Broadway theater, they play the same show for months or years mm-hmm. at a certain theater. Well, this theater worked on a repertoire system, which means they had a slew of 20 plays that they rotated out on an almost daily basis. So you, you so you went to that theater over and over again and yeah, I, I saw, I saw over a dozen plays at that theater. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, some of which had been running for one, one in particular had been running for 30 years. Wow. With the same lead actor. No way. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a role that he was famous for playing. Do you think that would get boring? He seemed to love it. The audience also seemed to love it. Like the audience superintendent, I did not. Um, oh, really? Well, it was. It felt to me like, like the best analogy I could think of it would be like going to see Robin Williams play Mork in a Mork, stage adapt, adaptation of Mork and Mindy, mm-hmm. which is great if you know Robin Williams and he's the pinnacle of his career and he's done all this sort of stuff. Um. And this is like the character he's known for, and it's just perfect. Right. Um, and you get all the nuances and the 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 bits that he's done for decades, and they're all perfectly timed. And I didn't have any of that context. So it's for the initiated. So it was very boring. Yeah. We we actually left at intermission. No way. It's the only show I left during uh, the <laughs> in Prague. We were also in the super nosebleed seats in an obstructed view. Yeah. 
because the uh, the show is that hard to get tickets for that particular show. Wow. Yeah. I can't. I'm not even 30 years old. No, you're not. It's a long time to do one it thing. Uh, he did other things, I'm sure, as well. It wasn't something he was doing continuously because again, it was rep- repertory. Right. So they have different shows. You know, come back tomorrow. We right. do in a different play. Uh, but it was it was really fascinating because it also let me see theater outside of language. Because mm-hmm. you have to learn to rewatch theater when it's in a different language. Yeah, you're just paying attention to all the other forms of communication. Yeah. It was really good. So I, I would go back there. Also, the beer is really good and really cheap. So that's uh, of course. Yeah, I think I'd like to go to London or you know the UK and, and visit some of that stuff. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Where else would I like to go? Yeah, that's about it. I don't. I don't have like a wanderlust. No, not really. No. Um. It's in, I'm gonna go to the Taj Mahal. That's a cool <clears> thing. <throat> That'd be cool. Yeah, it does seem like a neat place. Yeah. Um. It's interesting to me that you feel drawn to a place you've already been. Yeah. Because it was great. <laughs> well, because you don't like. I'm very much like that with uh, like the media I consume. Like, I, yeah. My default is always like, let's just enjoy something I've already enjoyed mm-hmm. before. Um, and you're you you're not like that as much as I am. Not as much. No, like, I will just reread Lord of the Rings over and over. Again. Yes, I know. Um, uh, so it's just interesting that you'll like. Yeah, I'll go back to Prague. Yeah, I I would love to go back to Prague. Interesting. Um, I want to go to somebody who speaks Czech, though. That's important. Did anyone speak Czech when you were there? Uh, our professor did. Yeah, he did. And and he was he also, as he said, spoke old man Czech. So people gave him a lot of benefit of the doubt <laughs> when he screwed things up. And also, for what it's worth, there's a lot of English speaking in the Czech Republic. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the benefits of being the progeny of an uh, imperialist society. <laughs> a lot of people speak my language. Yeah. He said with a grimace. Grimace emoji. It's very convenient to be a native English speaker. Yeah. Um, I guess of the places I've been... In the U.S., so the only place I've been outside the U.S. is Caracas. Yes. I am not interested in returning. Sure. Because Caracas is a hell hole right now. Okay. Um, maybe if it ever, like, re- better. recovers, yeah. I might go. Um, I also have don't have any family in Caracas right now. Some so of, less uh, reason to go? Some of the family remaining in Venezuela lives, like, outside the city and stuff. But Gotcha. Um. I'd go back to. I definitely would love to go back to San Francisco and the and like Northern California. Mm-hmm. Um, I went there for six weeks and like camped and hitchhiked okay. around the Coast Highway. Wow. Um, my sister and her husband were living out there, homesteading, and like taking care of goats in the farm. And her husband built a barn from scratch by hand for somebody and i was like camping out in the area in the redwoods it was a really interesting weird time yeah uh, i've told the mountain lion story on a previous episode i, I feel believe. like you have that's that's when i okay. almost died from a mountain lion yeah don't die um but i love to return and go like hiking and stuff around there yeah. again just because it's really beautiful um montreal was cool dc was cool i don't feel the need to go back there very much i'd revisit new england just because it's home homie yeah where would you like to go that you haven't been uh my dream vacation Mm -hmm. so my 
until very recently, my primary motive for traveling was food. Mm-hmm. I want to go somewhere so I can eat interesting, eat a bunch of stuff, good things. Yeah, right. Um, it's not it's not for the arts like it yeah. is for you. It's for food. Yeah. Um, so I would love to go to Rome. Yeah. And other areas in Italy. Eat some good spaghetti. But Rome specifically, eat some good spaghetti, some good gelato. Um, Rome also because I uh, am really interested in like the ancient Roman Empire. Sure. Uh, and Rome is. It's where that is. Filled with that. <laughs> so that would be really interesting. You know, go go see the sites and see the yeah. Colosseum and those kinds of things. Um, but I love to go eat food in Rome. Uh, go to Japan. Go to Tokyo and some places in Japan. My and, understanding is Japan's very weird. And eat, yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not a Japanese culture person. Yeah. I'm not into all those. But you like the food, Japanese culture things. But like, I'd love to go get some like real good Japanese sushi you and ramen sushi and those kinds the of things. Jiro eats of dreams of sushi place. I like that would be nice, but I'm not going to spend a thousand dollars or whatever it is to. I have no idea what go eat there. No, I would not. Did you watch that documentary? I need to. I have not. Yeah, it's really good. I, I, I was listening to the uh, NPR Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast today. Mm-hmm. They were talking about it. It's, uh, yeah, it seems like a cool old man. Yeah. Uh, He's been working on sushi for like 70 years. The other place I'd love to travel is New Zealand, uh, and unashamedly because of the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, no surprise there. I'm not interested in going to, like, the Hobbiton setup. Mm-hmm. Like, Hobbit, the Hobbiton set in the Lord of the Rings movies was an actual, like... Location they built? Sheep pasture hillside where they literally dug holes into the hills and okay. built Hobbit hole sure. houses. Like, it's an actual town that yeah. they literally built into some hills. Yeah. Um... I don't care about that. Like, I don't care about actually visiting a set from a movie. Yeah. But New Zealand... See, that's is, more interesting to me. <laughs> right. But, like, New Zealand is a beautiful place. Yeah. With lots of great landscape yeah. features Big and hills. stuff for hiking and doing outdoorsy yeah. things. So that'd be cool to go. I don't know if it's a particularly food-focused place. I don't know if I'd go there to eat anything in particular. Yeah. Um, I guess, like, other places in Europe or something, Madrid mm-hmm. and whatnot, but... I thought of more places I want to go. Oh, please tell me. Yeah. Uh, New York, go see some Broadway stuff. I, I'm I'm like kind of ignorant of having never seen Broadway stuff. Like I feel like <laughs> bad about that. For someone who's so into theater, mm-hmm. it's odd. And into into Broadway musicals. Like yeah. that's that's a thing. Like I'm not even joking. I listened to three different versions of the same song from three different adaptations of a Broadway musical today <laughs> to compare them. That's a thing I did. Did you uh watch Lynn Miranda? Lynn Manuel Miranda on SNL. I watched the uh, the monologue. I haven't watched the rest of the episode yet, but I'd like to. It's a good monologue. Uh, it was a good monologue. Um, so I'd like to go to New York and see some Broadway. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, both like the musicals, but also like just some of the stage plays. Like there's that gets overlooked a lot in Broadway, I think. Yeah, but there's some really good theater gets made there. Uh, really more so, I would say for so you go see a Broadway musical in large part because of the spectacle like that's a big part of it is they're very expensive productions okay and they put as much of that as they can on stage hmm. now when that doesn't go well it turns into spider-man turn off the dark <laughs> which i would love to have seen like i i'm sad that that show is closed yeah because i would have loved to have seen it did anyone die in that nobody died some people got injured okay it's also worth noting that it was directed in its initial incarnation by julie Taymor, who is an amazing director okay um, she directed the stage adaptation of The Lion King. I know that that's famous. Yes. Yeah. I know. That's why I chose that particular <laughs> reference. 
she's also directed um, a few stage adapt, uh, a few film adaptations of Shakespeare. She did uh, Titus with Anthony Hopkins. Mm-hmm. She did The Tempest with Helen Mirren. She did This Is Not Shakespeare, uh, Across the Universe, the one the Beatles musical. Oh yeah, she directed that. She's an incredibly visually inventive director. And just botched it with the Spider Man. I don't think she did. Like that's like that's why I would want to go see it. Um, is because I have a feeling that what she made maybe wasn't good, but would have been spectacular. And sure. I want a spectacular Spider-Man. <laughs> um, and, and so, like, a lot of the things that she was doing, and that got changed when she quit slash got kicked out slash whatever, like, they changed significant portions of the play. Mm-hmm. Um, of the story of it. They kept a lot of the centerpieces in the songs because you can only hire Bono and The Edge to write so many songs. <laughs> so they kept a lot of those um, and the set was built so they couldn't change it, but they changed the story. Um, and there were a lot of things in the story that she was a part of that I think were super weird but could have effectively worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, there was a geek chorus which is a play on Greek chorus. Oh. Which is a, a theater thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From the theater. Oh. So you, the... have, you mm-hmm. have a Greek chorus, but she had a geek chorus, which yes. is a group of four writers and geeks and comic book nerds talking about the play throughout the play. Oh, my God. Um, that is quite the play on a Greek chorus. It is. Yeah, it's a great. Good. Very clever. Uh, another great use of a similar joke. Uh, was in Legally Blonde, the musical, which is not as terrible as many people might expect it to be. Legally Blonde is not a bad movie. It's not. And the musical's pretty good, too. Okay. Uh, and her sorority sisters, when she changes majors or goes to law school or whatever, become her Greek chorus. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good bit. That's funny. Uh, the musical is okay as a whole, but that was a real, real good bit. Uh, but there's also, like... In the Spider-Man musical, Arachne, the ancient god of spider mm-hmm. or spider elemental or something who shows up and like has like control over Spider-Man's history because they're linked together. Is that the one in Greek mythology who was like weaving something mm-hmm. and was turned into a spider? Yes. Yeah. 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 And so like like bringing that into the Spider-Man mythos is fascinating to me. Now, does that count as canonical? Who cares? For Spider-Man? Who cares? I Duke. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I, I don't. I don't care about Spider-Man. Uh, and they changed significant portions of that. They cut the Greek or the geek chorus entirely in the second version of it, trying to make it more mainstream and acceptable. Right. Which, like... Is a great way to kill something. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and uh, I, I wish I'd seen it. So I'd like to go to New York. Uh, <laughs> right. And see some Broadway. <laughs> Um, I'd like to go see Hamilton in like three years when it's still on Broadway, but nobody cares anymore. And you can just get a ticket. Yeah. Uh, although it's funny to me how it feels like how quickly the Hamilton like stuff, like in the fandom, almost like shrunk mm-hmm. once the original cast left. Oh yeah, for sure. Which is funny to me because theater person, I'm like, that's how that's how it works. Lin-Manuel Miranda is not going to play Alexander Hamilton for 30 years. Well, that guy in Prague. He did. <laughs> You're right. That guy in Prague. Um, and so, like, there's a, there's a new cast, and people are like, eh. Like, tickets are still really expensive, and they're going to stay sold out for a long time. Yeah. 
but like people seem less excited. People are excited about Lin Manuel Miranda, not Hamilton anymore. Right? Like, oh, he did this new thing. Not Hamilton's still great, and I love it because it is. Well, that's how star power works. Yeah. Like a thing is good, and it makes its person a star, and uh-huh. then it's and then people like the star, so they want to experience want the thing. Event. So yeah. Uh, so I'd like to go to New York. I'd like to go to D.C. We mentioned, you know, the Smithsonian and stuff like that. Like, I would like to go mm-hmm. spend a week in the Smithsonian. I think that would be really cool. That's what we did. We we got an Airbnb in the city, and we spent the entire week just going to the different Smithsonians. Yeah. Like, that would be really it's cool. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, like, see the Capitol, see the Washington Monument, mm-hmm. Lincoln Monument, Jefferson Monument. Yeah. The... Uh, the Library of Congress is really nice. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, I love libraries. Mm-hmm. That's a good. That's a that's good a one. Good library. It's a good one. I yeah. would. I would like to go see that. That would be cool. So yeah, there's some stuff there. Um, I feel like there was a third place I thought of, but I've since forgotten. I don't really want to go to San Francisco. That doesn't appeal to me at all. No. No. Um, San Francisco, the city itself, is fine. Yeah. Uh, there's some like. The, the food there is good. Like, there's mm-hmm. good food to be had. Yeah. Um, but it's the area around San Francisco. That's interesting. It's fascinating to you. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Like, yeah. The, that, that northern coast above San Francisco yeah. is the most beautiful place in the world I've ever seen. Mm. Cool. Hawaii. That was the place I was thinking of. Ooh. I'd like to go to Hawaii. That'd be fun. Yeah. Hawaii would be neat. So, I'm not... What's your... What's your motive if you're going on a vacation? Like, so, like, you've talked about going to, like, Prague or New York mm-hmm. to, like, experience art. Yeah. Like, a specific thing that that yeah. place offers. But you've also mentioned, like, going to Hawaii and going on a cruise. Yeah. Like, do you want, like, if you go to Hawaii, you go into, like, a resort where you just, like, pay one bill and then just stuff is done for you. Yes. That's what if you I'm going for? to Hawaii, that's what I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's, and that's what a cruise is. Right. Like, that's that's why I like them. It's that, except you're trapped? <laughs> well, no. It's like that, except you're in a giant hotel that gets to go to cool places. But you go you go to cool places without actually going to the cool place? No, you can go to the cool place. Yeah. But you go to the tourist places. No, there's amazing excursions you can get. And go, like, if you want to go look at, like, Mayan ruins, you can go do that. Yeah. If you want to go snorkeling in reefs and touch a stingray, you can do that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And Guess you're not getting invited to my cruise. Not that, like, you know, uh, like, you're not wrong. Like, your opinion, <laughs> like, your opinions are your opinions and people can like what they like. Just, uh... I'm fascinated by the differences in how people experience vacations I, and travel. The thing is, like, for those sorts of things... What I like about it is if I'm on vacation, I don't want to work mm-hmm. and put effort in. And so if I can have everything done for me, that's better. Yeah, I completely understand that appeal yeah. and do not relate to it whatsoever. <laughs> like I, for me, I hate being lazy. Yeah. And like I want, I don't want anything taken care of for me. Yeah. Like when I travel, like... Like when I went to San Francisco in California, mm-hmm. I just had a backpack, yeah, with a couple like spare pairs of underwear and a like bunch of like calorie dense food, <laughs> and 
got off the plane and then just walked around like yeah that was the extent of my planning you know what i mean it's just go to go to a place and take care of yourself yeah um that's more of how i like to do things that's reasonable um lately though Mm -hmm. i feel like Am I uh, am I a cycling douchebag? I feel like most of the things that you're I, getting there. I talk about cycling. You're getting a lot. there. So okay, we'll deal with it. Yeah, uh, I like <laughs> I like cycling a lot lately. Uh, it's changed how I've thought about traveling lately, and I hmm. feel like I'll, my instead of food being my primary travel goal, yeah, uh, like cycling is becoming my. You're gonna go do the Tour de France primary travel goal. Well, I won't do it because I'm not a professional bike racer. We go ride the race, the course. It's a lot of yeah that's too hard <laughs> um no. but i would i love uh, i lately love the idea of traveling somewhere with my bicycle and being in a place for the bike riding mm-hmm. like that's makes me interested in going to france cool not to ride the tour de france route because it's impossible and full of mountains but <laughs> there's great bike riding in france do flat rides. there's great bike riding in england like i don't want to go to england otherwise mm-hmm. it's so England's got the West End, which does some really interesting theater as well. It's like the Broadway of England. Oh, yeah? That. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the English countrysides have great roads for, for cycling. Sure. Or go to Australia. or mm-hmm. Don't go to Australia. Everything there will kill you. <laughs> yeah. I would I would like to go to PAX Australia. Is that an interesting PAX for something? It's one of the four PAXs. Oh. So I would like to go to all the PAXs at some point. Where are the four? There's... So there's there's PAX South, which is in San Antonio. That's the one I've been to. Okay. There's PAX West, uh, which is formerly called PAX Prime, but they realized that wasn't very cool to the other PAXs. Uh, no. It's in uh, Seattle. Is it the primary one? It was the first one. So okay. that's why they called it that. So when it was just PAX, it was in Seattle, and that was the whole thing. PAX East is in Boston. PAX East is in Boston. Yeah. Uh, and is now the largest of the PAXs. It's actually bigger than PAX West. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and then PAX... So so PAX Prime, or PAX West, started uh, 15 years ago, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really successful and they had lots of fun. And then eventually PAX East happened. because like, we want to do it with the other coast. That's really cool. And I'm like, man, that's equally far away. I can't, <laughs> I can't get to either of those. Yeah. And this is all happening like, while I'm in high school or a poor college student. So like, it's not, right. not happening. That's fine. Uh, and a, three or four years ago, they announced, hey, we want to add another PAX to our rotation. Uh, we want to, you know, uh, get it, put it somewhere where a lot of people who haven't been able to go to the previous PAXs on the East and West Coast. And so we're, we, we're really excited to announce PAX Austin. No, it was Australia. <laughs> Austin was what I was hoping. It's like, PAX Austin. No, it's Australia. Uh, Almost. And so that was the third PAX, which was farther away than the other two PAX. Still not helpful to you. <laughs> and uh, two years ago, it was finally the first uh, PAX South, which was in San Antonio. Close enough. Which is by far close enough. I have some friends down there that I stay with. They're super awesome. Uh, so I get to see them once a year, at least. And go down there and yeah. stay at their house, and we go to PAX, and it's lots and lots of fun. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Have you, and that's the only PAX you've been to? That's the only PAX I've been to. But you'd go to Australia for PAX I would, Australia? I would love to go to PAX Australia. Is it, like, different in some way? They all have their own flavor. Yeah. But also, like, so they all have their own flavor, but also one of the things about PAX is one of their slogans is welcome home. Mm-hmm. Because you're kind of in this environment of people who are 
a lot like you. Where your other environments are not normally not full of not, people yeah, like you. Right. Yeah. Like I'm I'm the weird board game guy at other places. Right. But at PAX, I can turn to a stranger and say, hey, I've got a cool board game in my pocket. Would you like to play? Yeah. <laughs> and there's a better than 50% odd. They'll go, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, so that sort of stuff yeah. uh, is, cool. is a big part of the community of, like, PAX is the people who go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but PAX Australia is significantly smaller. Uh, it's a different environment. It's a different feel. And it's full of Australians. Mm. Uh, but I would, I would like to go and do that. Uh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, there's a there's an annual, well, annual <clears throat> at every PAX. There's a competition called the Omegathon. Uh, I think you've told me about this. Yeah, the, where the a, a bunch of people are, are chosen for at random for a game tournament where they don't know what the games are necessarily ahead of time. And the last thing that happens at every PAX is the Omegathon final round, uh-huh. where they the, whoever's last and the last two people left are go and play a game, and whoever wins wins a trip to any packs in the world. That's so cool. Yeah. And so I would if I was if I A got selected, which I haven't in the last two packs, <laughs> and B won somehow, I would totally go to a PAX Australia. Yeah, because if you're gonna get flown somewhere for free, it yeah. might as well be Australia Absolutely. instead of Seattle or Boston. Yeah. Which are cool places, but yeah, sure. I mean Australia. Australia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Australia doesn't interest me as much as New Zealand. Yeah, that's because there's no hobbits in Australia. Well, there's also no hobbits in New Zealand. Are you sure? Yeah, I am. Have you checked? Mm-hmm. You haven't been there? You don't know? Uh, because if the uh, Tolkien's mythology was true, uh, the hobbits would be in northwest England. <laughs> because the Middle Earth mythology was written to be a mythology for... Uh, Northwestern Europe, specifically England. So it has nothing to do with Oceania or Australia or New Zealand. There wouldn't be hobbits were from a completely different region of the world than than there. So, oh, good to know. Yeah, maybe like uh, some like southern form of uh, man. Yeah, probably not elves. Actually, maybe elves. There's some elves that are like very far away in unknown places that are unmapped. So yeah. I guess it's possible there could be elves there, but definitely not hobbits. Not hobbits. No. It's important that you understand this. <laughs> <laughs>